Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And here we go on a Wednesday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture, last day of the month, and we have lots to talk about today. Hope you're having a good day and glad that you have joined us here on AOA. We're going to talk markets. It's another day of USDA numbers. We'll talk markets with Steve Nichols from Robo AgriFinance. We're going to get numbers on CFAP. An update from the FSA Administrator, Richard Fordyce, will join us. We'll look at both CFAP 1 and 2. And we'll get a harvest update from the state of Ohio. All that coming up on today's program. But let's get started with Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Jerry, thanks for joining us. Um, don't know what else to say about last night uh, in the debate. Uh, it was uh, it was kind of hard to believe at times and hard to watch at times, but there were some points made in there. It was just hard to dig them out with all the other stuff going on around it. But uh, not a lot about agriculture, obviously, although you could talk about climate change issues and uh, environmental policy. Those things will certainly impact agriculture. Well, yes. But there was nothing specific about ag. I watched the I watched the entire debate. Uh, you know, I think the whole tenor of it will uh, may or may not have an impact on how people vote and whether they vote. But most of the polls show that people have already uh, have already made up their minds. I noticed I watched the first hour intently, and then. Uh, a friend who was watching it with me and I just started talking and we had to, you know, it was so repetitive that we just had to uh, focus ourselves to get back to it. Um, so uh, I don't know how much uh, how much impact uh, it will have, but certainly there were no revelations about agricultural policy from either of the candidates. Yeah, I, um, I would say I was disappointed in how it went. Um... I, well, yes, I didn't I think, think the whole country was. Yeah, I didn't think either candidate really, you know, took the opportunity to to make their case. It was just so much, uh, you know, back and forth between those two attacks on each other. Uh, I thought each had the opportunity and could have really, uh, you know, got across some good points if they'd have done it in, in a more controlled or civil way. And but maybe this is just the times in which we live. It just I I just thought it was disappointing. I think we can do better, and I hope we'll do better uh, moving forward uh, on both sides. Um, let's talk about we're watching Congress. Uh, we hear some reports that maybe there's a little movement here on the between the two sides to get another aid package done. What are you hearing? Well, first of all, the important news uh, is that today the Senate will vote on the continuing resolution. Um, um, and then that will go to President Trump for his signature, which is very important because otherwise the government would shut down at midnight. Uh, but they, but they're voting at noon, or they're supposed to assemble at noon, um, on this CR. Um, uh, so that at least, at least we know payments will flow through the Commodity Credit Corporation. Um, the low-income children who would not have gotten school meals because their schools are closed will get payments to buy food. Um, so that's the that's the good news. On the um, coronavirus aid package, 
maybe it will be tight. We'll have to see if if, if more happens. Um, the the House Democrats have put out their bill, and so they are going to put down a marker whether they reach agreement with the Senate or not. Uh, and that bill does contain aid for ethanol plants and for the pork and poultry producers that had to kill their animals because they couldn't find a place to get them slaughtered. So those are two important things that are in there if this bill were to, um, uh, were to pass. Uh, there are also provisions that would provide uh, personal protective equipment to both farm workers and to uh, meat plant and processing workers because they are considered essential workers. Yeah, so as you said, we're going to get the CR passed and then look at this aid package. And it sounds like that maybe we've look, been looking at this number and the big difference between the two sides. Uh, the Republicans more around that $1.5 trillion mark, although we now see something about escalator clause in there that could actually get it up more around $2 trillion. Well, that's starting to get pretty close then to what the Democrats are talking about. So does that give hope then they can, they can uh, narrow that gap? Well, I think there, I think there is some hope. Uh, the pressure will be to, to, to get it done as quickly as possible. Possible. The House is supposed to leave, um, on Friday until after the election. Now, I'm sure that if there's a possibility of an agreement that, uh, House Speaker Pelosi would keep the people in, um, a little longer, um, but we're really under, um, under time pressure here. Uh, to to get an uh, to get an agreement, uh, the Senate's also supposed to leave. Although they will come back for uh, the vote on the um, Supreme Court justice, but Congress is really planning to be on the campaign trail in uh, in October. That is the campaign trail, such as it is, since it's so hard to hold events. Um, but uh, but that's the plan. So I would say. Whether or not Pelosi releases the House members to go back home, uh, if she keeps them, that might mean a vote's pretty apt to happen. If she lets them go, that sounds like the, they might not get it done. Yeah, that's right. Although Pelosi says that if she, if she releases them, um, they will always be subject to uh, being called back to Washington on a 24-hour notice uh, if, they're, uh, you know, if, a, if an agreement were reached. But so, uh, I think we'll know by Thursday, but that's to <laughs> that's tomorrow, uh, whether or not they're going to have an agreement or not. Well, a lot going on with the election, with the Supreme Court uh, confirmation. Uh, you got some hearings going on uh, that could have some real fireworks in them. So, and again, we know uh, Congress can really get focused in on one or two things and a lot of other things kind of pass by the wayside but hopefully they can uh, kind of you know make room for uh, more than one or two things here that need to get done here right away uh well yes uh but i think they are foc- they are focused on this coronavirus aid package there is pressure from all over the country to to provide more aid and um we'll just have to see if the if the political will is there it's certainly a more hopeful situation than it was a week ago. Yep, sounds a little better on that front, for sure. All right, thanks a lot, Jerry, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Well, a lot of things happening. We'll talk again next week, okay? Okay, that's great. All right, Jerry Hagstrom with 
the Haxton Report. So we'll watch and see. They got to get that Senate's got to pass that uh, continuing resolution. Got to get all that wrapped up and done. Keep the government funded, and then we'll see if they can indeed work out this next aid package and what will be in it for agriculture. Meanwhile, harvest rolls on, and we have USDA numbers uh, out today, and lots to talk about with Steve Nicholson with Robo AgriFinance. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, EPA Administrator Wheeler has declared atrazine management tools safe for continued use in controlling weeds. As we talk with Gary Marshall, CEO of the Missouri Corn Growers and Chair of the Triazine Network, uh, this is an important step, isn't it? It's a seven-year process. The good news is EPA followed the science and they made the right decision. I have often said I can't think of any other product that has been reviewed as many times as atrazine has been over the years. The product's been around for 70 years. It has more than 7,000 studies that the EPA has taken a look at over time. Numerous science advisory panel meetings by the EPA, some of the best scientists in the world reviewing the product. And the good news is they've determined that the product is safe. So that leaves another major, major tool in the farmer's toolbox to help control weeds in corn, grain sorghum, and in a variety of other crops. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. 
Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. You know, watching the debate last night, as I mentioned earlier, I thought it was disappointing on both sides. Um, I, I kept thinking of young people watching that, and I, I would hope we can set a better example of how to discuss and debate issues with differences of opinion, which there are a lot of them in this country today. I would hope we can do it in a, in a better form, a, a better platform than that took last night. I kept thinking about moderator Chris Wallace, who I think is probably about the best in the business and was a good choice for that, and how overwhelmed he was at times. And you know, he had an impossible job, And but I was even a little disappointed that he, even he couldn't keep it under control. So that shows how tough it was. So it was just, I don't know how that last night changed too many opinions, uh, if you were for one, you probably still are, and if you're for the other, you still are, and I wonder about the people still undecided what they thought of that, and I guess we still have time for that to play out. But uh, again, I think we can do better, and I hope uh, we will do better moving forward. That said, let's move on to uh, markets. Let's talk with Steve Nicholson with Robo AgriFinance. Hi, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Mike. How are you today? Oh, good, good. Like a lot of people, still kind of trying to think, what was it that we <laughs> see last night, and what did we learn? I think there were some yeah. s- strong points on both sides that just got overwhelmed by all the other stuff. Yeah, it was. You know, I think I think you you summed it up pretty well in your introduction. You know, disappointed we couldn't have uh, a good discussion of the issues that are so important. I mean, whether it's the economy, whether it's coronavirus, whether it's you know, foreign relations, uh, what else is on Chris Wallace's list? And it, that is, you want to have a good discussion um, of the issues so that people can make good informed decisions. And I'm afraid that probably didn't happen last night. So we're hope for better the second time around. Yep, that's right. All right, let's look at the markets and uh, where we're at. Uh, your thoughts on, you know, we're we're still in the early stages of harvest, but we're getting some yeah. some numbers in and uh, uh, how the markets are reacting to that. Yeah, you know, we are, I would say we're getting into that, what was often called gut slaughter harvest. We're within that time period where we're really going to hit it hard. We know soybeans are getting moved fast. Um, people trying to get them out of the fields now. Uh, corn is, is coming right behind it, obviously. And in some areas like in Iowa, it's going to be a slower process because of the Draco storm. But the markets are are looking at this and going, boy, it's coming fast. That's the first thing. So that's going to give you some pressure. The other piece is, you know, we're just starting to hear just early yields. And, you know, the the thing I hear continually, particularly on the beans, is they're better than I expected. And that goes across people who thought, boy, I had 10 to 20 bushel beans out there and I'm getting 30 and 40 bushel beans. And so I think that's the other piece. The, the markets look at that and going, oh, well, yields aren't maybe as bad as we thought they were going to be. Um, and so the market is saying, we need to take this down a little bit. And we will get, obviously, new numbers from USDA here on the 9th. Um, we will see the stocks numbers this afternoon, which, you know, there may be a surprise in that. Um, the market, you know, you never know about that report because you do get a couple things in that. And the bean side, we have to watch there carefully because you not only get stocks numbers, but you also get the final, final soybean production for last year. And so there's sometimes there's some surprises in there. 
that could, you know, maybe move the market one way or the other. But I think the market overall is saying, yeah, we have plenty of supply, and so we're taking it down. And if you look at the fundamentals, if you start to look at the fundamentals and take the supply-demand tables, put that against history, I would say both corn and soybeans have kind of overshot the fundamentals here uh, on on good demand and good export business from China. So I think that's part of it. And that's the market needed to take a, a relax, needed to sit back, kind of relax, assess the situation, and then move forward from there. So what are we thinking on China? Uh more, yeah. more purchases coming, or have they kind of slowed it down? Do you think they're caught up, or what? No, I, I don't think they're caught up. Um, you know, a couple things happening. One is sort of short-term. One's, you know, I think the longer term is is the better news. Short-term, you know, China is preparing for a week holiday. I think it's I believe it's called the Golden Week. I don't know exactly what that holiday is, but it, they will. China will basically be out of the market for a week as everyone's on holiday. So that's the other piece is you're not getting that daily feeding if you have with the market going, oh, China bought another one, another one, so on and so forth. And so the market is kind of, oh, well, maybe they're done. But I don't think they are. Um, China has lots of needs. I think they have lots of needs in corn. They have lots of needs in soybeans. You know, they're rebuilding that hog, that, that sow herd or that hog herd. And so you're seeing uh, that demand come through. I think the other thing that's happening here is that China really – is in a situation where we don't know all the we don't know the whole story and we may never know the whole story and that's not unheard of but i think there's several things they as we've always talked about that there's always this sort of uh gentle person's agreement between the population of china and the leader and the communist party you feed us we'll let you do what you want to do i think the coronavirus has sort of has you know kind of hurt that relationship they're also wondering I think China has said, boy, we've got to get more supplies so that we have a little more food security. And I think the other piece here is, you know, makes me wonder, is the coronavirus um, rearing its ugly head again in China? And so they're concerned about that and making sure there's plenty of food there. So I think there's a number of factors there that are supportive of the market and will be supportive of the market in the medium to longer term that will be good for our, for our markets and will be good for U.S. exports to China. We're talking with Steve Nicholson, grain and oil seeds analyst for Rabo Agrifinance. Steve, we're also watching the weather in South America and La Nina's impact there. Could that become a story, you think? Yeah, I think it could be. Um, you know, the Australians here, what, 10 days ago declared it an officially a La Nina. That tends to be where we get that, where we get that, um, that declaration from. I think it is a story. I mean, you think about what's, how dry and now it's getting wet in Australia. Um, you do have dryness in Argentina and southern Brazil right now. Um, I'll come back to that in a minute. And, of course, you know, La Nina tends to bring in longer or drier, um, drier, hotter periods across the southern plains, and you're seeing that now, from, I should say from the southern plains all the way into the southeast, and you're seeing that play out right now. So that does become a story, particularly when you think about soybeans, cotton, and rice here in the United States and for the cattle industry. Uh, also, from a wheat and corn perspective, we think about Australia and our, or, uh, yeah, Australia and Argentina and potentially soybeans. Now, the one caution to this, I have to say, from a South American perspective, and my colleague in South America has always kind of warned me or cautioned me to think about this. This is a time period in Brazil and Argentina where it's generally dry. And so you don't see rains in that part of the world until you get into late November, December. And so I don't want to draw too many conclusions that, you know, you know, a drought's coming in that area, 
but the fact is the La Nina is, is here, and if it maintains itself, then that does portend a little drier conditions in South America. And we have seen that over the years. And so that's one thing that will be supportive to soybeans, particularly, um, and, and particularly the corn and wheat is you know, a little farther down the road if that continues. So that is something to be watching and paying close attention to. All right. So for those out on the combine right now, is the <laughs> harvest rally over, or do you think there's more to it? Ooh, I think the harvest rally is probably over because you're now in the harvest. You've got, let's say, I'm going to say 30 to 45 days of harvest in front of us. And so it's going to be pretty hard to rally this market unless China comes back and starts these daily, you know, we get these daily sales announcements. So, but I will say there's one thing that's interesting to me. Now, futures are one thing, and I think that's where it's going to be tough to rally futures further here during harvest. Now, bases a week ago, if we'd have this, when we had this conversation, bases looked like it was, particularly corn, was heading south uh, due to harvest. But if you start looking at bases this week, it, it's a mixed bag. You're starting to see bases pick back up a little bit. Now, and that's, it's localized, so I don't want to say it as a general statement, but I see basis levels in different locales starting to pick up a little bit. So that gets me, gets me thinking about the fact that there is a little bit of harvest potential here on the upside because either, you know, elevators, processors, livestock people are not getting their fill of corn um, that they need, um, and so they're having to pump that basis up as futures go down uh, to get to keep corn moving their direction. So, I, you know, I don't think I would give up the ghost here and say it's all over with, but I think it's going to be hard to rally futures, but basis will be very interesting to watch here in the next 30 days to see how it shapes up. Yep, a lot of moving parts here. All right, Steve, thanks a lot. We'll, no we'll stay in touch. Good to talk to you as always. You too. Take uh-huh. care. Steve Nicholson, Grain and Oil Seeds Analyst for Robo AgriFinance. All right, up next, Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator, will join us. We'll get updates on CFAP, both CFAP 1, as money continues to go out of that, where are they on that amount, and CFAP 2 underway. We'll get the very latest on that, how that is going, things that you need to know about CFAP 2.0. All that coming up next, so stay with us. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a drier field with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. Young farmers don't listen to the radio, right? Wrong. In a recent survey, 74% of young producers said they get their most important agricultural information from their trusted farm radio station. Surprised? Don't be. If you think about it, it makes perfect sense. Radio is the perfect companion because it goes with you everywhere. Whether you're in the shop, on the combine, or in the truck, farm radio is right there with you. 
This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. We have a lot to go over in both CFAP 1 and CFAP 2.0. Get updates on both and where we're at. Richard, are you there? I am here. Yes, sir. How are you? All right. Very good, Richard. Thanks a lot. Okay, let's start with CFAP 1. Where are you on getting that money out? How much has gone out now? So an update on CFAP 1 as of Monday, uh, Mike, uh, $10.2 billion, um, and that has gone out at this point to almost 650,000 um, unique applications. So that would be 650,000 producers. Uh, we're just, you know, we're cleaning up, um, you know, CFAP 1. The, the, the sign-up deadline has come and gone, but it does take some time to get folks that, you know, um, uh, that we're fi- finalizing those applications. So there'll be some more that, that come through under CFAP 1 um, for a final report at some point. But, you know, obviously it's winding down. So you're not going to get to $16 billion probably. So what happens to that money left over? Does it roll over? So so we will be able to, to access that for, uh, for some additional support. Um, you know, I don't know that the decision has been made about how that will be applied. Um, and, you know, we really need to kind of close out the CFAP 1 program before we make that decision. But, um, but yeah, that money would be, would be available, um, for some type of, some type of, of, of interaction with producers at some level. Yes. All right. Let's move to CFAP 2.0. How's that going so far, the sign up? Well, uh, it's, we've had an enormous response, um, to CFAP 2. You know, as you know, uh, there are a number of commodities that were not in CFAP 1 that are in CFAP 2. Um, kind, a little bit of a different approach in some, uh, with some commodities uh, about how we're engaging with producers on those. Um, but it has been, we don't have, we don't have numbers um, that we're able to really talk about at this point because, it, as you can imagine, when you, when you set up a new program, um, all of the things that are associated with that program um, uh, a dashboard, a reporting dashboard, is one of those things, and we're we're just about to get that finalized. Um, but I can say just the numbers that I've looked at through some data sources that we have here that uh, that the response has been 
has been quite good. Um, and uh, folks are responding, certainly, to CFAP2. Has any money started going out in CFAP2, or are you just still taking the sign-ups? So, so yeah, absolutely. Money has, money has gone out. Um, sign-up began a week ago last Monday, so sign-up started on September 21st. And we had payments that were going to producers um, by the end of that week. So, um, so yes, we do. Money has hit uh, has hit accounts or mailboxes. However, uh, however that uh, however the producer receives those payments. We're talking with FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce. So let's let's uh, compare the two CFAP one and two. What's the biggest change or difference in CFAP two from the first uh, first uh, round? So, obviously, CFAP one was was meant to address uh, losses associated with COVID nineteen pandemic, primarily for quarter one. CFAP two, we're looking at a time period past that, and so it depends on the category. Um, but for example, for crops, for our row crops or our non specialty crops, you know, we're looking at um, we're looking at two thousand twenty planted acres times uh, that producer's uh, unique uh, APH times a payment rate for whatever crop it is times what we're what we're referring to as a marketing percentage so so what is historically in that commodity what historically is marketed in the production year we get those numbers um, through NAS and others and other sources um, to try to replicate, um, you know, historical marketings and historical marketing percentages for crops. Uh, a difference uh, this time in livestock is we are just looking at inventory numbers, not sales numbers, and it is just inventory numbers of market-type uh, livestock, not breeding stock. Um, so breeding stock is excluded. Um, you know, definitions of breeding stock, let's use cattle, for example, a bull that has not been exposed to a herd, for example, is still uh, eligible. A bull that has been exposed to a herd, for example, is not eligible. A bred heifer who has not calved yet is eligible. A cow who has, who has dropped a calf is not eligible. So, um, you know, we've got these definitions out on uh, farmers.gov uh, forward slash CFAP. Um, you know, we've done uh, fairly extensive training with our staff, so they have these definitions. Um, those would be some things that producers might have questions about, uh, folks that are applying for the program. Um, we also have basically taken the, the, the specialty crop, um, um, aquaculture, and some other things, um, and put those in a category called sales commodities where we are going to look at their 2019 sales and then pay a rate. It's going to be around 10% um, for, the, for their 2019 sales of commodities. Um, so we're, we're addressing and looking at specialty crops and aquaculture quite differently than we did in CFAP1. Now, among those commodities that you included this time that were not the first time, three classes of wheat this time, why did you uh, decide now to go ahead and do those uh, three extra classes so you know um in 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 previous conversations that you and i have had you know we talked about that that issue with the different classes of wheat and when we looked at that time period um you know january 15th um to april 15th 
actually the depending on the class of wheat you know the we didn't see a, we didn't see a five percent price decline obviously as we're looking at at a, at a time period past that um, we have seen that that has triggered a five percent price decline in in additional classes of wheat and that's why that's why those classes are in CFAP two and we're not uh, in CFAP one we heard before of people still not familiar with the program or even aware of the program you think you've got the message out this time you know i think so mike um you know we do obviously uh we do a lot of outreach we've held a number of calls with with our stakeholders um uh, multiple webinars um, designed uh to specific audiences Certainly the media um, exposure that we're getting on CFAP2, and, and I want to thank you for having, having me on every week um, because I know you've got a large audience and, and we get a chance to talk about CFAP2. Um, I, I do believe that, you know, that the effort um, has, been, has been very focused and has been very uh, robust, if we want to use that word, to talk about, talk about the program, the differences in CFAP2 and CFAP1, the fact that we have a lot more commodities, a lot more folks should be eligible um, for CFAP2 than were in CFAP1. So, um, so I think, I mean, I think we're getting the word out. I'm getting a lot of uh, response back from not only just individual producers, but also, you know, a lot of our stakeholder groups, um, you know, uh, either, either very appreciative of additional commodities being included in CFAP2 or the way that the program has been rolled out. Um, folks have been very, um, very positive and very appreciative of, of, of that process. I would mention one other thing, Mike, and, and that is a flat rate crop um, category. So flat rate crops, and, it, and, and the list is fairly extensive. Um, those are going to be crops that either have a relatively small acreage nationwide or that um, we just couldn't determine a, at least a 5% price decline um, are listed in those flat rate uh, crop category. Um, and that is a $15 an acre payment um, based on your 2020 planted acres. Um, so that's another category that was included. You know, again, when we think about the effects of COVID-19, there are commodities, there are certain things where we have the data that we can say this is the, this is the damage to that commodity based on COVID-19. There are others where, again, the data is just is insufficient, but we know folks are affected. And so um, so that was one of the reasons that we added that flat rate, uh, flat rate crop category. So tell us again where producers can get answers to these questions that they still may have, whether they're eligible or not, or how to sign up. What's you've got, you still got that hotline going that they can go to? We absolutely do. It's, uh, I'm looking for the number right now, which I don't have right in front of me, but we do have a call center. Um, but the, the, the farmers.gov forward slash CFAP is, uh, is a great resource for folks. Um, it talks about eligibility. It lists the commodities that are eligible. It talks about the different categories, um, you know, and what a producer is going to have to have to give us, you know, again, under the livestock, it's inventory. If it's a crop category, we can likely populate that just knowing that the producer is applying. Um, and then obviously your local county farm service agency office, it's, you know, that's where the local res, that's where the local experts are. They're able to help producers walk through the application, answer questions that they may have. So certainly, um, certainly, um, you know, would, would ask folks to do those kind of things to be able to, to get their questions answered. But 
Um, lots of lots of places they can get their questions answered and lots of places where they can participate. All right, Richard, thanks a lot. We'll talk again soon and, and continue to update CFAP2. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you, Mike. Good to talk with you. Thank you, Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator. Up next, we go to the state of Ohio for a harvest update. That's next here on AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. The Home Service Club sponsors this paid advertisement. Attention homeowners, broken AC, $4,600. Water heater, $1,500. Fridge on the fritz, $1,000. You need home warranty coverage from the Home Service Club. For around a dollar a day, if any of your covered appliances and systems break down, HSC will either do the repair or replace them. HSC has over 15,000 pre-screened, highly rated technicians with the fastest response time in the industry. HSC provides coverage for up to 47 different appliances and systems in your home. Call for a free, no-obligation quote from a trusted HSC service specialist about a home warranty for your entire home, all backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. 800-434-5301 Call now and get your first month free plus $75 off your first year. 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. That's 800-434-5301. 800-434-5301. I can't get my computer to work. Let me help you with that. How'd you do that? I just got techie with geeks on site. Our geeks literally come on site. No need to stop what you're doing or block off time. We come to your home, office, or wherever you are. And we don't just fix whatever computer issues you might be having. We explain and teach you along the way so you can feel empowered and then help others at home or in your office. Better yet, don't have time for tech support to come to you? Let us remote into your desktop or laptop, and one of our geeks will instantly walk you through. We offer affordable prices on our remote services and IT support. You and those in your office will never have to wait hours to have your technical questions answered. Get your free computer diagnosis today with your very own geek. Get started now and we'll help you instantly. Call 866-967-3879. 866-967-3879. That's 866-967-3879. We are strong. We are resilient. And we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served, thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. 
Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Andrew Bailey, National Pork Producers Council Science and Technology Legal Council, funding for ag inspectors. Where does that stand? Well, unfortunately, um, that was uh, compensation for those, you know, appropriations for the uh, Customs and Border Protection ag inspectors was not included in the version of the continuing resolution that the House passed. Obviously, that still has to go to the Senate, um, and, and we're hoping that we can, you know, mobilize producers, not just pork producers, but all ag producers to contact their senators and say, uh, this is a this is an integral program. It's incredibly vital for American agriculture. There's a $1 trillion ag industry in America, and our first line of defense to keep uh, foreign diseases and pests out are those ag inspectors. And when that funding starts to dry up in the next couple of weeks, something's got to be done to keep them on the job and not furloughed. I wish I had better news on that, but we're still fighting the good fight. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And our thanks to Richard Fordyce, FSA Administrator, for joining us last segment with the CFAP 1 and 2 update. Richard just texted me to say the uh, call center number. If you have questions about CFAP, that number you can call is 877-508-8364. That's 877-508-8364. That's the call center number if you have questions about CFAP. All right, let's uh, get a harvest update now. We go to the state of Ohio. Cy Prettyman joins us now. Cy, good to talk with you. How much do you have done? Uh, just got started on beans there last week. Ran a little bit over the weekend before we got rained out. Got about 25% of them off, so a nice start and uh, nice yields so far. Surprisingly better than I thought. Oh, yeah. That's good to hear because I know a lot of concerns about some dry weather, especially in August. Uh, you don't think that hurts you then? We were we were dry in July. We caught nice rains early August. With uh, mid August was a little drier for us, but we um, got plenty of rain towards the end of August, first part of September. And seemed to finish the beans uh, very well. Uh, so we were fortunate right here in our area. Now I know there's other places across the state that stayed extremely dry, and uh, obviously those guys aren't going to reap the benefits that I'm reaping from some of those late rains. Yeah. So you caught some of those showers, which made a lot of difference in beans. Um, so you say you're pleasantly surprised. How would you say you're compared to a year ago? Uh, 20, to, probably 20 to 30 bushel better than a year ago, uh, coming off the late planting and uh, a lot of the prevent plant acres that we had. So 
significantly better than a year ago. So uh, guys appreciate that. And the little rally we've had in the markets makes everybody feel a little better too. I'm sure. What about moisture levels? Uh, I tried them a week ago, I guess, uh, yesterday, and we were still running kind of 14 and a half to 15. Uh, so I let them set for a day and we had, we had decent sun and heat last week. So try to get in there on Thursday afternoon. They're down that 12 to five range. So we, we started in uh, uh, there at the end of the week and ran close through the weekend. Ran into some then, kind of caught up with the ones that were ready. Uh, they were all running in that probably 12.5 to 10.5 range on moisture. And then on Sunday, we got into some later maturity, and, and those were kind of mid, started out around 14 and kind of ended the day around the mid-13 mid range. Uh, we went ahead and ran someone to finish up that farm. So that's kind of where we ended. And that got us caught up to really what was, what was ready, and we got some rain on uh, – uh, Sunday night into Monday, and um, and we should hopefully we're going to check this afternoon, and maybe here in the next day or so we'll get back at it. Mm-hmm. So have you done any corn yet at all? I have not. Um, I saw just a little bit harvested as I've gotten out uh, away from my area a little bit. Uh, some guys that either had some early contracts or uh, something that popped up. I heard a guy in Indiana said they had, there's some pretty strong basis from one of the ethanol plants over there, uh, so they had harvested some corn, but not seen a lot here in our area yet. When did you start corn last year? Oh, we started probably mid to late October. I can't remember exact date, but we were, of course, we only had a couple hundred acres to harvest, uh, and they um a few, I only had a few hundred acres of beans, so I, I'm guessing it was the middle of October because we were done before the 1st of November last year with everything. Last year was such a tough year for you. As you mentioned, you had a lot of weather challenges, prevent plant acres. Yeah. Uh, seems like must seem a lot, quite a refreshing uh, sight to look out there and see that you got crops to harvest, and so far yields are, are better than uh, you could have hoped. Yes, exactly. Uh, definitely a, a different different year this year than what we experienced last year so we're glad glad we have crops to harvest uh glad they're doing well and you know we're optimistic on the corn too it'll be exciting to get into it and see you know were we impacted significantly by the dry weather um you know it looks pretty decent from some of the checks we've done on it i think it's going to be okay uh, and so we'll, we'll see when we get out there and i do have some later some corn we planted there towards the end of may right around the first of june and some of that later planted corn looks really good in the area just because of some of those later rains that, that we received. Mm-hmm. What, what about storage in your area? You think you got plenty of storage? Yeah, talking, uh, you know, we have some on-farm storage that, that doesn't hold all of our crops, but it holds a good majority of them. And talking to some of the, the elevators in the area, they, they say they're in decent shape, but I've also seen some old crop stuff still moving here. Oh, in the last month, and even if it prepared to the last few weeks, uh, guys cleaning some things out, getting ready for fall. And of course, you had already you had booked everything, right? You'd sold, uh, took advantage of this ten dollar bean price, right? Uh, yeah, I caught I caught a little of that, probably not <laughs> enough. <laughs> and you know, and some guys jumped on early, and uh, you know, and then as it kept on rallying, then maybe they didn't have some to sell. So I caught a little bit of that. Um, but I had some that I'd been working on earlier in the year, and now those those were looking pretty good. Now they don't look quite as good as they did. But that's part of marketing it. And, um, yep. You know, I'm I'm happy with where we are, and hopefully we'll continue to have some opportunities. What's your forecast look like? You going to get a good stretch here now? You think as we go into October? I'm, I'm hoping uh, the 10 day forecast I caught this morning looks like we got some rain coming through on Sunday night into Monday. 
or Saturday night into Sunday, one or the other, right there around that time frame. And um, but we're dry here for the most part. Um, maybe a passing shower or something, but nothing significant in the 10-day forecast other than there on Sunday. It looks like they got a quarter to half an inch or something scheduled in for us. So not too bad. We should be able to keep rolling and hopefully get some sun and get through the bean harvest and jump into corn. Okay, we'll check back in with you in a week or two and uh, see what you've got done at that point and, uh, and see how it's going. All right, so stay safe and have a good harvest. Thanks, Mike. All right, take care. Cy Prettyman, he uh, farm just uh, north of Columbus, Ohio. So as you heard him say, underway with beans. They caught some uh, rains in August and uh, into the 1st of September. So that's, uh, that's paying off. It's, he's uh, seeing some good, better-than-expected bean yields here early on in his harvest. All right, coming up tomorrow, we're going to take a look at the economic impact of the fertilizer industry, some new numbers out there. Uh, we'll talk about the, the stocks report out today and uh, take a look at the markets with Arlen Suderman. And we'll get another harvest update as well as we continue to monitor Harvest 2020. Thanks again for joining us as we really appreciate it. And I hope you have a good and safe day. Join us again tomorrow right here on AOA.